Are you an empty nester looking to downsize from the family home? Are you finding your home no longer serves the purpose you bought it for? Do you need to declutter and don't know how or where to begin? If so, this podcast is for you. Hi, I am Belinda Woolrich, downsizing expert, author and director of learning at rightsizeyourhome.com.au. Welcome to the Right Size Your Home podcast series, where I share insights, knowledge and the Right Size Your Home framework to help and support you move through the process effectively and efficiently with a practical step-by-step roadmap on how to overcome the fears and challenges of right sizing and plan to make the journey a fun, stress-free and profitable process. I'd like to um, welcome everyone to today's session. Um, What we're going to cover today is the top seven questions to help you find a great real estate agent. Thanks for coming on board um, to all our downsizers. It's great to have you here today online and we appreciate the time and effort for you to uh, come into the session today. It's great to have this technology so we can share and best wishes to you, your family, community, friends health as well. I would like to welcome our very special guest, Jeff Grist. So hello, Jeff, and welcome aboard. Hey, Belinda. Thank you. Lovely to be here. Excellent. Um, Jeff has been a long-term colleague um, of myself, so certainly known Jeff for quite some time. And he is a terrific real estate agent and author of now three books, Jeff. That's Uh, right, yep. Yes, but Journey to Sold being one of the favourites and works at Richardson Ranch in Mossman in Neutral Bay. So licensed real estate agent, his customers love him, had a long and distinguished real estate career and lived in Mossman for over two decades. So a fair while. I'm very knowledgeable of the area and certainly has gone through many a property cycle, that is for sure. So welcome, Jeff. And of course, a bit about myself, you know, um, downsizing expert, also speaker and author to many downsizers and has written some online training courses on rightsizeyourhome.com.au aimed at helping downsizers getting control of their journey. What will we cover today? I've got five major topics here today. So the first one being changes in work practices over 20 years. So a fair while, Jeff, and uh, experience in that. Uh, Required credentials of a real estate agent. So certainly a moving landscape there with some major changes. Costs and service standards that our downsizers can expect. That's going to be really good to talk about those. And the big thing in this webinar and podcast is your interview guide. So we'll run through the interview guide on how to interview a real estate agent and get the right one for you. And there's a free resource there as well, which you can access from rightsizeyourhome.com.au and then top tips. Terrific. Moving along. So Jeff, you've been around for a little while in real estate. Um, it certainly evolves. So I'd really like you to um, let us know your thoughts on changes in work practices over the 20 years. Does that include changes in hair colour, Blender? Yeah, because when yeah. I started, I had brown hair. Yeah, well, here we are. So a little bit of grey, they said it's always a good thing in real estate. But, uh, you know, I've gone the full hog. Um, look, the, the originally when I started out in real estate agents, the, the agencies, they were much smaller family-orientated offices. 
Um, there were franchise groups around, but they were fairly fairly still family orientated. Mm. Um, these days, we've got a lot of uh, larger offices that are running teams of agents, and um, often the the lead agent has maybe three or four people working with them. Um, and when you hire a team like that, you're um, not always quite sure who you're going to get. Yeah. But um, um, so it's it's an interesting thing how people used to. Um, sort of gravitate towards a brand. Um, but now within that brand, there's a, a group of real estate agents working their own brand. So um, much of the message these days is the, the agent is the brand and they just happen to be working out of a, an office that follows a brand that you may or may not know. Um, and there's a lot more independent offices around now that have branched out from these um, licensed offices and um, you know they've done their training there and then they've moved away and opened their own office mm. with their own team so team-based uh, is now very much the the way things go um, but there's still a lot of family businesses uh, particularly in uh, outside of the, the um, capital cities um, and they're always got good people in in them um, I guess the biggest changes over the years have been around accountability um, and also the, the way to actually get into the business. So originally you used to uh, be able to do a, a, a reasonably quick two or three day course and uh, that would give you a license to operate as a real estate agent, um, give you a certificate of registration, it was called. Mm -hmm. um, that's uh, in the last uh, year, that's even been transitioned out now and you now have to be holder of a, a class one license or a class two license, or you're a sales assistant. So mm. there's different ways of uh, being represented now inside a real estate office. But yeah. um, probably the, the most recent changes also are around accountability. So um, we've had a uh, fairly rough run with real estate agents in, uh, of late where um, there's been a few wrong things going on. So the uh, Office of Fair Trading have implemented changes to to raise the bar to, to you know make it uh, a um, better for buyers uh, to understand the the way real estate is sold, um, so they feel like they're getting um, a, a better representation, um, and that comes around pricing particularly. Um, we used to be able to price a property with words associated with it, so if the property was a million dollars. Um, we wouldn't just say million dollars. We'd say, oh, look, offers over a million dollars or mm -hmm. um, offers up to a million dollars or from a million dollars. Um, or some agents were saying from 900,000, uh, even though the uh, owner was looking for, nine, uh, looking for a million. So um, you can now only price a property, and I'm talking New South Wales specific here because unfortunately in Australia, every state is different. Um, yeah, we're, we're allowed to price a property with either a fixed price, um, say a million dollars, or no price at all, that's acceptable as well, or a 10% guide. So uh, if you're actually looking for a million dollars, you may be able to price at 900 uh, to $990,000 or a million to a million point one. Um, so they're the sort of, or, or at the side, 950 to, to a million and uh, 40, something mm. like that. And they're scary things for our downsizers who may have um, had many decades of no property changing hands. 
So that could have been advertised at $30,000 when they bought their home. Uh, so that full value is quite, it can be swallowed up in just a price difference of today's market. So that's, that's quite a different spectrum to be operating on. And then of course, the other thing I'm thinking is that it used to be the case to hop in the car and drive around with the agent and, and, and help yourself to a number of properties to have a look at and make your decision there. So big changes in the way mm. we service, the way we price, the um, qualifications. There's some significant changes in the work practices there. Even uh, those of you that are on the webinar, not on the podcast there, but you can see a styled property as well. So very different in the way properties were presented. It's almost every aspect. Absolutely. Yeah. There's huge, huge changes all around. Yeah. And presentation these days is such an important element in, in the sale of a property. Um, you know, it uh, really does have to create, pull on your emotional heartstrings when you walk in the door. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Further on those um, license requirements. So could we, could you run through the changes that have recently happened? And, and I think this is really important because part of our interview checklist that we're going to cover in a couple of slides, this is something that must be done. You need to be checking your real estate agent is, has the right credentials. Absolutely. Look, um, you know, to be a licensed real estate agent, you need to hold a license, obviously. Um, and you can go on to the uh, Office of Fair Trading sites and check licences to make sure that people are current. Um, they're annual licences. They come over every year and um, you need to renew them. Um, to renew them, um, agents need to do compulsory professional development, so CPD points, they're called, and um, they need to do those prior to um, renewing their licence each year. Um, that way they're up to date with the changes that are coming through, both legislative and, and best practice. Um, so it's important that you, you're working with a real estate agent that is up to date, that has, has a licence and um, is in the best position to look after you. Um, what they've done since March the 23rd, I think, this year, um, they've now introduced this um, position where if you're working in a real estate office, you have to have a certificate of registration to be a sales assistant. You can no longer be called a real estate agent just with a certificate of registration. So as a sales assistant, um, you can show property and help people but you can't sign any documentation. So when it comes to listing a property, you still need to deal with a licensed real estate agent. Um, however, um, they've also brought in a, a, a rule now to say that if you are working in a real estate office after four years um, or prior to four years, you need to transition up from a uh, sales assistant role to a class two agents role. So that's, uh, you know, putting a lot more pressure on people to say, yeah, I am in real estate now. I'm making that commitment to it. They're not just coming in and going out again. Um, and also that they um, study and they, they get uh, the required um, information to be able to represent a property, you know, perfectly. So class two is the, is the uh, next step up. And then, of course, if you're a licensee of an office, you need to hold a class one license so class one being being actually a licensee so i'm a licensee and i can operate a real estate office um, but i can't do that on a class two license i'm 
just a real estate agent working within an office under a licensee. Does that help? Oh, I'm sure it does. But really important for, for potential vendors to make sure that checking is done because there's so many legislative changes. The whole concept of changing the uh, training was to upgrade the uh, work practices and uh, make it a more robust system for protection of agents and vendors, everybody, everybody involved. So Exactly. Very important. Worthwhile yeah. exercise for sure. All right, so moving on to the service standards, what can you expect when you sign? I've, I've done my, my due diligence, I've, I've signed someone up, or I'm comparing agents. Yeah. These are really good pointers that we're going to elaborate on with that interview guide, but give me your, um, your concept of what these mean to a client. Sure. Um, if uh, I work under under the banner of Richardson and Wrench, and obviously Richardson and Wrench has its own service standards as to how we provide our standards, uh, our, our services to our, our clients, and each franchise group does, and each individual office will have their own. However, you know, th there's some very important things to to be uh, to be looking out for. Um, most importantly, um, the first thing is that you've really got to be on the same page with your agent about your property. So you've, you've got to put everything on the table, put all your cards on the table and say, look, this is, this is how it is. And then your agent can then um, help you to position your property in, the, in its best light and uh, to understand how we're going to attract buyers to, to find the property and fall in love. Mm -hmm. um, so within that, there's um, uh, obviously service standards around uh, photography. Um, we absolutely like to make sure that photography is the best it can be. And that extends to, to little things that you and I may not notice first time. So for instance, if you're looking at uh, a photo of a swimming pool, you'll see that most professional ph photographers will make sure there is no creepy crawly in the pool. Um, you know, that, it's, that it, it, it looks a bit untidy, so they'll take it out. Um, we used to, again, in coming back to the changing things, we used to be able to Photoshop photos with things that if they weren't quite right, well, we'll just remove them. So if there's a telegraph pole right in front of your house with wires across it, then the old days you could just Photoshop that right out and it would disappear. Um, so the, the photos now have to be representative yeah. of the property itself. So again, there's the service standards at literally every level that uh, make it important uh, as to how your property is represented and, and uh, how your real estate agent um, represents you. Yeah, this is the professionalism we need um, most definitely. So no profit from marketing costs there too? Correct, yeah. So I mean, obviously one of the investments that a seller makes in their property is marketing. And um, the marketing is, is passed on by the real estate agent at cost. It's not a profit centre for them. Um, and that's important to understand because people think, oh, well, you know, you, sh you, know, you should pay for the marketing, not me. I'm, I'm selling the property and you're going to, uh, you know, profit from that. However, the marketing investment by the, by the seller is to make sure that the property is positioned and presented at its very best light. So if the real estate agent were to pay for that, they might uh, put it at the bottom of the internet pile um, with some poor photos and, um, and very little promotion um, because if it's coming out of their pocket, they're uh, trying to sell the property to 
get their marketing costs back, not necessarily get you the very best price. I like the idea that, that that's in the driver's seat of the vendor. So it's, I see marketing as an investment in an outcome. So usually when you put whatever dollar you put in, you should be doubling that back. And that applies to the photos, the internet, all, all of it. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I'm a big believer in if we're going to update the home prior to sale, that for every dollar you spend, you're going to want to get $2 back to make it worthwhile. So marketing aside, um, what comes out of that, what do you get for your marketing spend? So definitely photos. And we've done a webinar and a podcast on videos as well. So that's quite exciting. Yeah, sure. Look, these days there's so many marketing options available to people, but the basic package will be some professional photos, and they're and they're photos that have been retouched, so that the if if you use your normal eye or a camera, you take a photo inside, the outside will be over exposed, and you you know what you see on the camera is inside is okay, and outside is is out. Mm. So the professional photographers they use a retouching process to make sure that the photo has blue sky outside and still the right lighting inside, so the photos look like they do to your eye, but not to your camera's eye. Um, so photos, a floor plan obviously is very helpful because people need to be able to look at the flow of a floor plan and understand where their furniture might fit as well. So it's good to see some, some dimensions on the floor plan, the size of rooms and things like that. Um, then you've got your, uh, obviously your brochure that they would, uh, when they come to visit the home, they'll take home a brochure. And the importance of a brochure is look, on the front, you've got some photos of the property and description and reminders. And on the back, you've got the floor plan. Um, people like to be able to draw on that and see thing, how things go. But they also like to take it to the coffee shop and have a chat to their best friend and say, I saw this property, I really like it, what do you think of it? So it's a real conversation start of that brochure and uh, you know, can't be underestimated how much value there is in people getting together and sharing that information. Yeah. And yes, you can pull it, pull it up on a tablet or a phone, but there's something about having it in your hand and getting a pen and, and drawing all over it, yeah. Writing your notes all over it, absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's a, a good summary of the costs there. And, of course, um, to finalise the cost is, of course, the commission. So, uh, Commission, well, yes. Well, we don't all work for free. That's uh, certainly yeah. part of the deal. And, and obviously, um, real estate agents are at different levels in their career. Um, you know, I've been doing it for, for a very long time. And um, we, we have our own service standards and, and they come at a cost. So... Um, most agents are, you know, charge, charging in a range, and uh, I'm often in the, probably the middle of that range. Uh, it's a, a fair place to be, um, and you know, you you are what you expect to be paid. And uh, some people will say, look, you know, I, I can get a cheaper agent than that, and that's very true. There's often somebody who'll do it for less, and and when you do that, you're going to miss out on something. So the, the old adage, you get what you pay for. Unfortunately, that applies to real estate sales as well. But we have found that uh, over time that um, the cheapest agent is actually the one that ends up putting the most money in your hand by achieving a higher price at the end of the sale than the one that charges the cheapest fee. Because if they've got less fee to run their team or, or, or mm. cover their costs, then you're going to be the one paying for that in the long run. Mm, absolutely. And furthering from commission, which is a great segue to the service standards. So we've got sort of four main areas. Um, I think 
feedback, buyer communication, seller communication, and how is that all going to happen? Really important to set that framework at the start. Uh, Absolutely, so yeah, yeah, very true, Belinda. And what, what I do when I sign up a, a new client is we discuss how they would like to be communicated with because the biggest complaint about real estate agents is actually around communication. I signed up an agent and I've never heard from them since. Mm. So it's very important that after every open home that I conduct, I call the owner, I tell them how many people we had through, how many people have asked for a contract or a strata report, if that's applicable, and be able to give them some immediate feedback about what just happened in their home. I mean, we've just spent 45 minutes showing people the home and uh, we might have had 15 groups of people through so they're keen to know what, what's the reaction from people, what do they like, what do they don't like, and, and how many of them are considering the home as their future home. That 45 minutes can sometimes be the most nerve-wracking period for, for a homeowner that's selling. So there are different speeds at which that information comes back, um, whether it goes on an email or whether it's a, um, you were talking about video calls. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. look, some people prefer, um, they, they like a phone call, um, but, you know, sometimes uh, on a Saturday morning they're off doing other things as well with kids with sport or other things. So um, I use a, a program to be able to give them a video call back and say, look, here's, here I am, I'm still at your home and here's the feedback fresh off the press. This is what people thought of your home. This is what the people that are in, uh, in considering buying your home mm -hmm. and um, how I'm going to then follow up with them and perhaps get them to move to the next step, which is a second inspection, often with um, a, another invested buyer. So if mum comes and has a look at a property uh, on a Saturday morning and gets home and says to dad that this, this, this home's really worth uh, us investigating, uh, I like to be able to communicate with them on the same day they're both together and perhaps even get them back on the Sunday for, for a second inspection. Um, I've never sold a property to people who haven't inspected the property, so I know getting them through the door is a very important step in the process. Mm -hmm. yeah. If I can get them back again for a second inspection, we've moved to a, a, you know really a qualified buyer and they start to look then at the property uh, in with different eyes. They're looking at it in terms of, how they see themselves living in the in the property rather than just having visited it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that this whole feedback and buyer and seller and um, the the vendor, it's a very nerve-wracking time. So I think having that all set up at the start, as we touched on before, means that everyone can not relax because it's not a relaxing time selling a home, I've got to say, but be, have comfort in the fact that I know I've got a commitment. I will hear about the property at this time. And it's a good two-way thing. So the vendor isn't under pressure then and the agent isn't under pressure. So they, they know when they've got to have their information back as well. Yeah, the important thing is that the agent's giving the owner enough information that when an important decision needs to be made, They've got the informed information. They, they feel comfortable that they're making a decision based on all the facts that are at hand and they can make that moving forward and get, get a deal done. Hi there, Belinda Woolrich here, downsizing expert, author, and also director of learning at rightsizeyourhome.com.au. I'd like to briefly let you know about our fantastic online training courses, helping downsizers get in control of their downsizing journey. Part one of our course is shifting your mindset 
This is about understanding the right time, moving roadblocks and how to be ready for your downsize. Part two is the great declutter challenge. This is about planning and getting stuck into your family home declutter. Part three is adding value to your family home. How to profit with your best sale price and process. I hope you love the courses as much as me. Give it a go. What are you waiting for? You'll find them and much more at www.rightsizeyourhome.com.au. So I'd love to talk about this free resource. Um, it's fairly normal to interview three agents. So in your experience, would that be right? Yeah, look, a lot of people um, don't sell a home very often. Um, I mean, I, I've sold probably 12 homes in my, my lifetime, my own homes, um, which is probably more than usual. But most people may only you know, sell a home every 10 years uh, or, or longer. And um, so therefore, it's good to get uh, two or three opinions um, from local agents about how they're going to represent you. So, yeah, three agents is probably a good benchmark to be, yeah. And someone may have recommended someone. Um, exactly, so. yeah. So you, you, you may have had contact with an agent uh, in, in recent times, so you, you might choose to, to bring them in for a chat. Um, a good friend or a neighbour may have sold and, and they would say, look, I you know, recommend, I had a great experience with this agent. So, again, they might be a good agent to have in to have a chat with. Mm -hmm. And then you might see a, a signboard that's on a, a similar home to your own in the neighbourhood. And you might think, well, that, that agent's uh, also might be worth a chat to because they're dealing with similar types of buyers at the moment. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Okay. So you can, so our listeners can go and locate this sheet. So you just need to go to www.rightsizeyourhome.com.au. Go to the, the, the third course on there, adding value to your family home, finding the right way to sell your home. And there's a preview there. You can go in and uh, download that, that um, questionnaire. Um, I just wanted to reiterate though, too, worth speaking to the three make sure that they're qualified is the first thing to jump on and make sure they've got their right ticket and just to remember cheap doesn't necessarily mean the right choice and expensive doesn't necessarily mean the best so definitely ask for references and and make sure that you are checking them out so the questions being how do i prepare my property for sale and it's good to sit down have this have three copies of it go through these questions with your agent how do I prepare my property for sale to appeal to the most buyers? Which sale method is best for my property? So they would talk about their local knowledge on auctioning, private treaty, that kind of thing. Um, how long would it generally take? So they will give you the current market stats of days on market, et cetera, et cetera. How much will it cost to market my property? So it's, it's like a... a it's it's not a one price fits all. There are options that you can of upgrade, etc. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. What information do buyers give? Out, what do you give out about my property? How much? Oh, the, the million dollar question. What am I going to get for my property? Yeah. Um, a bit of a a caution there is to say that we do often hear stories around agents promising the world and and not um, achieving that in order to sign you up. So just to be wary about that, that, that it may be music to a vendor's ears, that they're going to get a certain amount of money, but it's not necessarily accurate. 
Um, and then why should I choose to list with you? So have you got some comments on those questions, Jeff? Absolutely, Belinda. Yeah, so I mean, if we go back to the head and say, how do I prepare my property for sale? Well, often the sellers um, uh, don't actually realise that the property preparation is their responsibility. So how the, you know, if, if whenever I come to see a property, the first thing they say is, oh, look, it'll be a bit of a mess. Um, well, that's okay. I'm, I'm not going to buy your home, but I don't want it to be a mess when I bring the buyer through. So in between <laughs> when, uh, when I meet you and when we're going to market, we've got to make that property sing. Um, it's got to look like the place where somebody wants to live and it looks like it's, it's been looked after um, for the last 10 years. So if, uh, if the garden's not looking great, then it's time to do the garden. So Glenda, you've got a list of things that people need to do to, to help them get yeah. their property ready and that you're very experienced in that area. So yeah. um, making the giving the property curb appeal from the outside and then and then you know walking through the home with your buyer's hat on and looking for problems is, is a you know a big step in getting the property ready before you come to market. Mm. Um, in fact, I've just been selling an apartment for an owner who I made some recommendations to him prior to the sale. He said, no, I just want to get it sold. Um, the property feedback from all the buyers was that he needed to do X, Y and Z. Um, and uh, at, after six, six weeks, he decided he would do those things. So we got them done within two weeks and now the property is sold. Um, they were all things that all buyers wanted, but he was hoping that they'd be able to, uh, he'd be able to sell without spending that money. I mean, he spent about $5,000 and he got back about 15,000 more than he expected. So mm. that investment made the sale happen very quickly. Yes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, preparation, very important. Which sale method will depend on the market you're in and, and the location and what, what your competition's doing. If uh, everybody else with a home like yours is selling by auction, then buyers are going to be expecting an auction. Mm. Um, sometimes if I list a property for sale without it being an auction in our area, people will say, oh, it's already been to auction, has it? What, why is it now for sale? Yeah, what's wrong with it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it hasn't yeah. sold. It didn't sell at auction, so you're for sale. Um, mm. No, it hasn't been to auction. The owner chose to put it for sale. Mm. Um, how long will it take to sell my property? Well, that depends on how attractive it is to, to the buyers. And that's, that's both in its presentation and in its pricing. If it's overpriced but it looks beautiful, it'll still be for sale in a year's time. Yes. If, if, it, if, it, does, if it doesn't look beautiful and uh, it's still overpriced, then it'll be for sale for two. So you've got, you've got that combination of getting the right price and the right presentation to get people to, to start to feel emotional about the property. It, you know, buying property is not a logical decision. It's, it's a lifestyle decision. Um, it's it's a very emotional for people. So it's important you've got that combination of presentation and pricing. Um, what will it cost to market my property? As I said, that, that comes back to the uh, combination of marketing that you, you choose with your agent and you, whether you're just going to do the basics or you're going to add a video or you're going to add print marketing and advertising in uh, online and domain magazine, all sorts of things. Mm -hmm. So it's up to you to decide um, with your agent the level of marketing you're going to invest. Um, your current estimated sale price, well, often that'll come about from um, an understanding of recent sales. 
So, for instance, if you're selling an, an apartment in a building of six and one in that same building has just sold and it's so very similar to yours, then you're probably expecting the same sort of a price in the same sort of a market. If you've got a, a home that's uh, that, that has so many unique features and there's no comparables to it, then it's going to be harder to price. So you're going to have to um, consider other homes and pluses and minuses. And it's it's a real art to getting that price right. Um, it's not just a case of, of saying, oh, it's going to be worth this because there is no retail price for for a home. It's uh, it's a price that comes from presentation and that emotion. And also the timing is, is very important because um, uh, if you're buying a home and you want to move your family in before Christmas, um, and it's for sale in November, then, you you know, there's a lot of pressure on getting that property sorted so that you can get in there quickly. Mm -hmm. um, what information do we give buyers? We try and give them as much as we can because that removes those barriers that people have about a property. So if uh, you're selling a home and you can provide a, a pest and building report, it immediately takes that off the table as being any kind of an issue. So a pest and building report, it's it's what's and all. It's what is there. You know, if there's if there's a problem, everybody knows about it. But you've also prior to you going on the market, you could do something about some of those things. Most people think their home is perfect, but really it isn't. There's always going to be something. And I've always said to to buyers, I've never sold the perfect home. So if this if this home is seventy percent right, it's not thirty percent wrong. There's more going for it than going against it. So you need to, to uh, get committed to it and, and make that first offer because it's all about getting a conversation started to get a uh, come to a resolution in the end. Um, last question you had on your list is, why should I choose you? Well, you've really got to have a, a great rapport with your agent. Um, I was uh, signing up a, a new listing the other day with, with a family and they said, Jeff, we're really happy we've, we've chosen to go with you because of your enthusiasm. You really love our property and it shows. So when buyers come to see that home with me, they're going to fall in love with it the same way I have. So uh, there, there's some of the thoughts around your questions. They're all great questions, but it gives people some guidelines to ask three agents the same sort of questions, and then they can work with the one they feel most comfortable with. Yeah, absolutely. So you're all on a level playing field. Correct. And uh, it's, it's probably, if everything was the same, it really is down to that last question. It's about, you've got to get on with them. This Absolutely. is going to be, um, yeah. it's going to be an intense relationship. So That's, that's you, the you journey to soul, Belinda, which is the title <laughs> of my book, as you yeah. know. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Wrapping up for the top tips. So what to expect? Well, we've certainly covered a lot of these. Um, so these are our combined favourites. Uh, so tell me your thoughts on those top tips then, Jeff. Yeah, absolutely. Look, you know, be on the same page from day one. Um, if if you're not, if if you don't believe the agent, then the other uh, your buyers won't <laughs> either. You know, um, and there's a funny thing. You get to choose the agent that you put in front of your buyers. And if you wouldn't buy from that agent, you you don't want to, You can't expect other buyers to want to buy from that agent either. Number two, you've got make sure you've got communication plan set. That's the big one. Make sure that after every open, um, you get communication, um, that you're getting written reports or that you're getting, you know, phone calls, whatever it is that you want. Some people don't want to, you know, some people only want to get texts. That's fine. As long as you tell your agent what it is you want, 
they'll communicate with you that way. So, you know, you, we all appreciate that you're very busy too. Mm. Um, number three, stay up to date with the market. It's true. Even if I list your home today, there'll be another home that comes on tomorrow, which is a likely competition. So we need to understand what, where it's priced and why and how ours competes with that new home now as, and as well as the ones that were on, on the market a month ago. Now, if all the properties that were on a month ago still haven't sold, um, then there's a problem, Something either with wrong. their pricing or the, or the way buyers are perceiving them. Mm -hmm. um, so we need to, when we come onto market, stand out as the, the most attractive property in the marketplace um, for price and for presentation, and then we'll get people coming to have a look at it. Mm. Um, number four there, you've got most expensive and cheapest agent, not the best. Well, sometimes a, the best agent in your marketplace might be too busy. He just may not have or she may not have time to mm. look after your sale. So it's important to find an agent that is uh, giving you what you expect, what you are, uh, and that, you're, that when you sign them up, you get what they said they would do for you. It, and, and that comes uh, by you know, understanding that, that to find the right time, for instance, now if you've got a... Um, a property that faces west and you're going to get the, the hot summer afternoon sun in there, perhaps it's not a great time to be showing it at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. But if the agent's schedule says that's the only time he's got left, then maybe that's not the right, right time to be doing it, you know. So there's a lot of different areas to look at and um, that, that you need to agree with your agent. Um, so, yeah, look, it, it all comes down to that, that initial rapport. If you feel comfortable with them, then buyers will feel comfortable with them as well. Mm, something I want to add to stay up to date with the market too is be ready to move. Things happen. So, yes, your example is perfect. Another property coming on. Uh, it could be a change in environment. I mean, who would have guessed what, what happened in March this year? So Exactly, yeah. No, we couldn't guess that. Um, but there are still people that need to move and, they're, you know, they're making plans. And it's great when you're, you engage an agent to have a timeline to say, look, I need to be moved in, in eight, eight to ten weeks' time, you know, so yeah. that we all understand the most important thing is, is pricing the property to attract buyers, to make offers, to get a deal done because you know the, the the internet's full of overpriced properties that haven't sold and they're disappointed owners who are, are unable to make make a move and and get on with the rest of their lives correct correct um jeff i've got to give your book a plug here oh, because um <laughs> there's there's a couple of things so but you and i both have a product that can definitely help this market so um yours being we have three but in particular journey to sold can you give a, a a little sure. Look, on the, that. the journey to sold is really is is your roadmap to the, the sale process. And my my belief is that the better educated a seller is, then the easier it is for both the seller and the agent to achieve the same goal, which is the highest price for their property in a reasonable time frame. So um, much the same way as you would go to a travel agent to plan a big trip and, and they would sort out your journey for you. When you sign up with a real estate agent, you'd like to know what, what your itinerary looks like. So Journey to Sold the Book is your itinerary for having your properties sold. Um, is everything going to go perfectly? No. Just like on travel, sometimes there'll be a cancellation, sometimes mm -hmm. there'll be uh, you know, lost baggage. Um, but um, together, if you understand those risks, we can make that journey for you a really great experience. 
I think it's a terrific read and, and probably important to read that prior to the interviews would be my recommendation. Yeah, and then you've got a, a full understanding of the process and, and you can also say, I don't want that to happen to me. How do we avoid that? Mm, definitely. And then, so uh, my course is as well another very useful tool to getting control of that um, downsizing journey. So the courses on Right Size Your Home, the first one is around mindset and getting ready for the huge change. Second one is around the whole decluttering side and, and what to do with all your stuff, which you may have taken um, 50 years to collect. And then the, the last part is very much on presentation, uh, getting the property ready and how to maximise that dollar. And we referred to whatever dollar goes in, you would want to at least double that out. So that's what that course is all about. So there's a real resource bag here, a really good kit bag with your book and the courses or books and the courses um, available. We've also got more exciting content. I think it's very exciting uh, on the webinars coming up. So stay tuned for that. Um, other options, uh, of course, I've got my book, Right Size Your Home as well, The Empty Nester's Guide to a Stress-Free Downsize. So that accompanies the courses as well. So. I don't know. There's a lot to offer people in this um, challenging time. Well, I, I could just jump in and say, Belinda, anyone that's read your downsizing book and then I come to speak to them, you've made my job a lot easier because, again, everyone understands mm -hmm. the process that, that they're only doing once or twice in, a, in their lifetime. And, and with education comes understanding and, and a stress-free process. So yep. thank you for writing the, the books oh, that will help people to make those moves. Yeah. We hope it's stress-free, don't we? I can't promise it being stress-free because it is a once, often once or twice in a lifetime. But if we can well, minimise the stress as much as possible. If it. you understand the process, then you can reduce the stress by only worrying about things that you can control mm. and not worrying about things that you can't control. You know, so, yeah, we're going to have our first open this Saturday. Is it going to rain? You can worry about that or you can just go with it and we'll work it out on the day. That's a great, a great example. I like that. Yes, you can't control that. Can't control the weather, the weather so we won't worry about it. It's not worry, yeah. Um, so upcoming webinars and podcasts, we've got what's new and different as far as avenues for selling, so the internet and other ways of, of selling. There's some new, thing, new ideas on the market. Ten quick wins and tips to make your property shine. And then uh, talking about stress, one here about techniques to stay calm. So... Hopefully that all um, the book and all of these resources plus that will help. So I'd like to say thank you very much, Jeff, for um, coming on board and sharing your wealth of knowledge with our downsizing um, participants here. And I'd like to end with once you believe in yourself, understand you're doing the right thing and the project becomes a purely logistical process. Absolutely. That's a, that's a great ending point. I, as I say, it's emotion and logic. They're the two things, and when, when they come together, you can get a deal done. Yeah. Terrific. Thank you, Jeff. I look forward to chatting with you again soon. Thanks for participating. Thanks, Melinda. Lovely to be Bye-bye. All right. If you want to speak with any of our guest specialists that come onto the webinar and podcast, please feel free to email us, and we can put you in touch and answer some questions for you. Belinda Woolrich makes no representation and gives no warranty as to the accuracy of the information and does not accept any responsibility for any errors or inaccuracies in or omissions from the information contained herein, whether negligent or otherwise. 
and shall not be liable for any loss or damage howsoever arising as a result of any person acting or refraining from acting in reliance on any information contained herein. No listener or workshop attendee shall rely solely on the information contained in this as it does not purport to be comprehensive to render specific advice. This disclaimer does not purport to exclude any warranties implied by law which may not be lawfully excluded. This workshop, which includes any resources supplied, is only for the use of the intended recipients and is confidential and or privileged. Belinda Woolrich shall not be liable for any errors, emissions, viruses, loss and or damage arising from using, opening or transmitting this workshop.